It's five o'clock on Friday afternoon. My name's Jacob, here with you on Community Radio Station 3CR, and this is a Friday Rave. Hello and welcome to a Friday Rave, and uh, this is Leanne in the studio, and we have Jacob on the line. Hi, Jacob. G'day, Leanne. Thanks for doing this for us, mate. It's, um, it's the wonders of modern technology. I remember back in the day when community radios do an outside broadcast and we had to um, we had to get Telstra to put a line in and had to organise it months in advance. Yeah, yeah. Or but when we had I... the big, huge, massive brick kind of recorder that oh, would, would just yeah. weigh you down, taking it to a rally. And, oh yeah, and now you've got a phone. <laughs> now I've got now I've got a phone, and if anything, I'd rather have a bigger one than the one I've got. So my my fingers are too fat to press the buttons on this little thing. Oh, darling. Yeah. So tell but the my... listeners where you are, because you're at a special event tonight, and you're helping yeah. to set that special event up. So let us all know what's happening. All right. Well, I'm just outside the state library. I'm not there yet. We've just pulled the truck up a little bit up the road, getting ready to pull it into the State Library um, for a rally in support of Julian Assange, who faces extradition um, in court on Monday morning, Monday afternoon, Melbourne time. But this is, um, you know, a bit of a dry run preparation because, as I've said to listeners and um, before, I'm going on the road full time as of next month. And whereas in... Returning future. to your roots, your bus roots. <laughs> Returning to my bus route, my bus route, yep. Uh, oh, I could make so many bad puns there. Yeah, don't. But, uh, but I won't. <laughs> um, but um, I'll be in normally in quieter and more sedate locations, but unfortunately I've had to set up this um, this rally. Mm. Um, in a perfect world, we won't need to set up rallies, will we? No. In a perfect world, we won't need a Friday rave because there'll be nothing to rave about. <laughs> but I'm, I'm there setting up for the Julian Assange rally because Julian, as I say, is um, facing extradition um, in court on Monday. And we've got a rally here and um, we're going to be joined by a few people. And in fact, there's, I've just seen um, Andy Reid. Regular listeners might know Andy Reid. Yep. And Dave Evans, who front up the band Who Knew Too Much. Stalwarts of the Melbourne music music scene. Stalwarts of the Melbourne political scene As too. Well. I know that. Yes. Yeah, and, and and birthday scene. I mean, uh, they played my last big birthday, the one that had a five in it. Uh, <laughs> uh, but um, they've put together a band. They're not the band who knew too much, but Dave and Andy have put together a a little five piece band. Um, Guy Jones playing guitar and Steve Purcell oh, on great. the bass. Good work. And I'm really, really sorry, but he did tell me who the drummer was, but it was just a couple of moments ago while I was um, in the truck organising the lights for the stage. Multitasking. And uh, it's, it's just slipped, slipped my mind. Um, but, yeah, so we're going to have a five-piece band. That but, sounds um, awesome. You said there was some curtains and lights. Oh, yeah, look, this is not <laughs> – look. It's not your average truck. No, for no other reason than the spectacle, you should come down to the State Library people mm-hmm. to support Julian Assange. That's the primary number one reason. But this secondary number two reason is um, we're changing the way rallies are done a little bit. We haven't got so much a, 
a, sta- a rally truck as a stage truck. We've got um, the full bifter. We've got a kick-ass PA. We've got stage curtains. We've got light. We've got all kinds of things. We've got video. We're going to have a video cross. I said you'll um, be rivaling uh, ACDC down Swanson Street. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I, I have been known to have a blow on the bagpipes. <laughs> Um, um, it was it was interesting when I heard Bon Scott being interviewed about that, where he played, learned to bagpipes. He said that he um, learned to play recorder as a kid in school, and the fingering was almost the same. Oh. So, um, and I used to actually play tenor and bass recorder in an early music consort in a in a previous life. Um, bit of Brahms, bit of Bach. Oh, well, that's something well. for next time, Jake. <laughs> Hold you to it. <laughs> So I, yeah, but anyway, um, people would have heard. People would have heard over the last couple of days, if they um, weren't already aware, that Julian's trial. Um, it's not really a trial. It's not really Julian's trial. Let's face it. It's the United States trial because he has no say in the matter. Mm. And it's a trial that commences where they're going to try the American government are going to try to convince the British justice system um, that they should extra, they should be allowed to extradite Julian Assange to face a secret grand jury in the... Well, it's not so secret anymore, but what they set up as a secret grand jury in the United States to face charges under the Espionage Act, which was set up during the First World War, I believe, um, which for charges of... Um, which. I think total about 175 years, which is a life sentence because mm. he's 48 years old and um, while only the good die young, he's not going to live that long. Mm. Um, so 175 years, even though the alleged, you know, the Espionage Act, even though the alleged crimes were not committed in the United States. Yeah. And they they were committed, they weren't even committed by an American citizen. So how, you know, they're going to be, they were allegedly committed by an Australian citizen while he was in Europe. So the trial, what this trial does, as well as sets up um, journalists in future for not revealing their sources and for publishing the truth, which is all Julian did, quite frankly, Hmm. it sets up a very dangerous precedent where the United States could say, we believe that this national of this country has broken our laws in this other country and we are demanding the right to extradite him to keep him in chains for life. Mm. That's what this trial is about. It's not about, well, it's primarily about Julian. It's not only about Julian. It's not just about journalism. Yeah, well, it's, it's setting about, a precedent, isn't it? It's American exceptionalism at mm. its worst. Yeah. All right. Now, if it were any other country, for example, and we look at a country where laws, they may have laws that aren't illegal in Australia. For example, suppose a Australian national were in China um, drinking alcohol. It's against the law in places like Saudi Arabia. I mean, that's an extreme example. But the legal precedent is about the same. Mm. Julian has done nothing which broke the laws in the United Kingdom or the laws of the European countries he was in. He did nothing to break the laws in Australia. He's an Australian citizen, yet the um, US government is claiming worldwide legal jurisdiction. Mm. 
and that's amazing. And well, and it's, it's even doubly it's even doubly amazing from an Australian point of view because um, the American the Australian government have recently been trying to get involved in what the US call their Cloud Act, which is the um, cooperation on law enforcement. And the American government has said that they can't let Australia in on it because our laws are too anti-human rights and depressive. Hmm. So while I'm talking here about the United States, even the United States laws as lawmakers are saying that Australian laws are worse than theirs. So that's something to bear in mind. Mm. But anyway, um, what can I say? Who we, t- Today, we um, or, or in recent weeks, um, it's been good to see a couple of Australian parliamentarians travel to London mm. um, this last week, just actually, and this week to speak to Julian. And we got a message to the people of Melbourne from the federal member for Denison, Andrew Wilkie, who... Um, went to see him in Belmarsh Prison with George Christensen. <clears throat> now, it seems strange that people, from what I can honestly describe as opposite ends, polar opposite ends of the political spectrum, managed to get together to finish Julian, to visit Julian. Mm. And um, along with them, a few other pollies are standing up and making noises. And um, one of them, the ALP's member for Bruce, Julian Hill, Bruce is out in Dan- now covers Dandenong area, and be joining us in about oh, half an hour, 40 minutes at the rally today. Um, and unless you think I'm trying to get sectarian here, first of all, you wouldn't You wouldn't if you knew my views on the ALP by and large. Um, but secondly, we did try to get Julian's local member, Adam Bant, the um, new Greens leader, um, to speak. But um, unfortunately, he was um, too busy to join us today even though he has been um, supporting the, the parliamentary group for Assange in Parliament. Yeah. And, um, but as to um, Andrew Wilkie, um, I reckon I um, first met him uh, while he was still working with the Australian Office of National Assessment, the ONA, as an analyst. And I don't know, um, 3CR listeners, some, some people may remember that he... Um, he, part of his job was to analyse Australian involvement in Iraq and the war in Iraq, and he put forward an analysis and a report that said it would be a mistake, that it was an unwinnable war. And the Australian government, of course, joined the US effort. Anyway, he came out and blew the whistle and released his confidential report in, and um, quit the Office of National Assessment and then later joined us as a... Um, entered parliament so i came across him we had him come over for the victorian peace network back in the day and mm. i think he's pretty much spot on on most things mm. and to the point where geez if i ever have to vote again i reckon i might move my voter registration out of my current seat of melbourne address to a mate's place down in hobart but anyway can you hit the wilkie <laughs> sound please Leanne? i can hit the wilkie sound and we'll come back to you in a moment okay it's only a minute G'day, this is Andrew Wilkie in London, where yesterday I spent 90 minutes visiting Julian Assange in Belmarsh High Security Prison. Um, I regret to report that Julian is clearly a man under enormous pressure, and every now and then I've got glimpses of a broken man. Uh, The injustice of his circumstances are just breathtaking, because at the end of the day, uh, all he really did was act as a journalist and a publisher and reveal very important information uh, in the public interest including hard evidence of US war crimes. 
Um, he shouldn't be in Belmarsh. He shouldn't be facing 17 counts of espionage and one count of hacking. Um, he shouldn't go to the US. He shouldn't face the very real prospect of life in prison. Um, there's a compelling case, absolutely compelling, for Scott Morrison to pick up the phone and to tell Boris Johnson he must release what is a political prisoner. And he must get on the phone to Donald Trump and say he must drop uh, an attempt to extradite Julian for political purposes. In essence, the extradition must be dropped. He must be allowed to return to Australia. Uh, and I would add the support he's getting from right around Australia, uh, in particular, there in Melbourne. Uh, he understands that, he appreciates it, and it does give him some comfort. What a show of strength we've got here today. Local issues. So I'm here at the school, kids strike for climate action. Live coverage. Join the, the spirit of this gathering here today at IMARC. Your voices. So give us a bit of a lowdown about what's happening. There's about 200, 250 people here at the moment. Community struggles. We're now in front of the uh, Tundaminuaya Mōbohina Monument. I'd like to thank Community Radio 3CR, who for the last decade has been broadcasting here. Feed Radical Radio, your membership is vital. A few hundred people about to pass us right now. Lots of young people standing up for their future. Subscribe today. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on 9419 8377. All right, so as um, Andrew Wilkie said, the Australian government and in particular Prime Minister Scott Morrison should pick up the phone to Boris and Don and do something to make himself seem like, we know he isn't really, but make himself seem like he's the leader of a bloody nation. You know, the line that the Australian government can do nothing as it's a legal process is frankly nothing but bullshit. The only people in the world, not the US government, they're not saying it, not the Spook Network. The only people saying that it's a legal issue that needs to run its due course are the Australian government and the British court. Even the head of the British government, arguably the head of the Australian government, the Queen, for Christ's sake, has referred to this court trial as a political trial and she said she's not going to get involved because it's not judicial, it's political. Hmm. Now... You know, if I haven't got a lot of, I, I don't place much store in what the Queen says from time to time. Mm. But if you're going to, if but Julian is in Her Majesty's prison, Belmarsh. Mm. All right, and if you're going to take the word of anyone on the British Belmarsh and the British justice system about what is and what isn't justice and what is and what isn't political, it's got to be the bloody Queen, hasn't it? <laughs> You know, I mean, they, they want it both. They want it both ways. Yeah. But anyway, while we're doing what we can here in Melbourne and Australia, there are good people all over the world doing their bit as well. You know, the legal team, people may have heard, um, in Europe are working on many fronts, including trying to get him asylum in France. Mm. And um, the defence team, and people have probably heard, have revealed the other day, yesterday, I think, that Congressman Dana Rorabacher, um, I think that's how you say his name, came over and um, offered Julian a deal where he'd be pardoned by Trump if he cleared Russia of any involvement in the Democratic Party leaks. 
a claim which has been strenuously denied by the White House, I've got to add, so strenuously, in fact, that it makes me feel that there might just be something in it. You know, mm-hmm. it reminds me when my kids were little and it was like, no, no, it wasn't me, it wasn't me, it wasn't me, I didn't do it, honest, I didn't, didn't, didn't do it, you know. Loud that just about told you it was true. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, it is possible that Rohabacha, who has been described as being very close to Russia, may have been bullshitting about working with Trump and acting alone and trying to get a positive spin for Russia. Maybe he was telling fibs, maybe Trump was, maybe they both are. That's both their natures. That's the nature of US politics. But Jen Robinson wasn't. And she said she was present when the offer was made and documented evidence will be presented during the court case. What we do know is that Julian has repeatedly claimed since before his meeting with um, Dana Robacher that the leaks were not from any state actor, but he maintained WikiLeaks policy of not revealing their source. Now, that talks to the manner of the man. Mm. That talks to the substance of him, that even with that on the table, he said, I'm not going to reveal the sources. It's not happening. That's not what we do. Anyway, so... Get you. I'm, I'm going to leave you shortly because there's a piece of an interview yeah. that a, um, a friend of mine, John Jiggins, who works with Bay FM Radio, um, I guess you could call it a sister station of sorts of um, 3CR that's up in yeah. Byron Bay. Part of the community he, um, radio network, yeah. Part of the community radio network. He spoke to John Shipton's father by um, in London the other day and um it's probably best if you hear John talk in his own words. So, um, Leanne, could you um, play the John Shipton's two and three file for us? And um... Yeah, Jack, definitely. Um, also, just before, are you going to sign off now and I'll just uh, head out with those? That would be a good idea because yeah. they're about 11 minutes in total yeah. and I've got about 10 minutes to go. Yeah. Um, so thanks all for putting speakers, up with us here. Jack, just tonight. Just all right, quickly, Julian Hill, Andrew Wilkie. Caitlin Johnson. We've got Rowan Connolly, who's a football journalist who's come out fighting. And yeah. we've got Davey Heller, Jerem Small from Vic Socialists. I'll be emceeing, just by the way. Joan Coxidge is going to be up there. Three oh, CR listeners are no Joan. And yep. Marky Beavis from the Medical Association Prevention of War. Oh, so fantastic. it's an all star lineup, mate. Mm. Yeah, sounds like it. <laughs> so I'll leave you with that. Thanks okay. again for helping and thanks to all the Three CR. Listeners and all of those who rang, who told me they rang to pledge their support and subscribe. It's not enough to say it. Get on the phone and do it. Thanks, Talk Jacob. to you next week. Yep, see you there. Bye. Bye. You're only a couple of days away from the start of Julian's extradition hearing. What's been happening for the last talk to you? Uh, just recently, uh, yesterday, uh, the Australians, George Christensen and Andrew Wilkie, arrived and we had an hour and a half with the uh, legal team uh, represented by Gareth Pierce, the lead solicitor, the instructing solicitor. Then uh, we went to a meeting with Jeremy Corbyn, that was Andrew and I, to a, a meeting which was a, another very generous meeting where Andrew and I asked for access to a a UK parliamentarian, Labour Party, to help us with the campaign. And Jeremy said, yes, we'll organise somebody. A very decent uh, man. Today there's a press conference on at 10am with George Christensen and Andrew Wilkie, a representative of the legal team, and myself will be at 
Later today, uh, George and uh, Andrew will visit Julian uh, in the jail at Belmarsh Prison, the maximum security prison. And after that, they'll have another press conference with uh, ABC television. So that's the roundup for the last two days. Myself, last week, I was in Geneva um, with Jean Rousseau uh, and the Geneva Canton are going to pass a submission for a humanitarian visa for Julian. And then uh, that'll be on Wednesday this week at 2 p.m. The Canton Assembly will uh, consider the humanitarian visa, but we believe that there's enough support there for it to be passed. And what will that achieve, the humanitarian visa? Uh, it's uh, the first uh, state to offer succour to Julian officially, and that's uh, an icebreaker for us. On the 20th, uh, I'll be in Paris for the Paris lawyers having a, a press conference to start the French campaign. The day after, I've been invited by the... Austrian Foreign Ministry to uh, attend, uh, I think, with the Under Secretary of Foreign Affairs. So that's the second official invitation in Europe. And Australia heads the Visegrad Group. In January 2020, the Committee of the European Parliament Assembly on Culture, Science, Education and Media which was examining the threats to media freedom and journalistic security, backed Nils Meltzer, the UN Special Rapporteur on Torture, who had condemned the British treatment of Julian Assange's legal torture. They recommended that the detention and criminal prosecution of Mr Julian Assange sets a dangerous precedent for journalists and join the recommendation of the UN Special Rapporteur on Torture and Other Cruel, Inhuman or Degrading Treatment or Punishment, who declared on 1st of November 2019 that Mr Assange's extradition to the United States must be barred and that he must be promptly released. I asked John Shipton what effect this was having in Europe. So the European uh, Council made a, a declaration through committee and then into the Assembly uh, supporting Julian. This was a very, very strong step, activated uh, Europe. It was uh, put together by the Italian parliamentarians, in particular Senator Morietti, uh, a charming and very decent man and, and very bright, and, and his group mostly from the five-star movement and in combination with the German group from the Bundestag. So uh, Europe is uh, quite vigorous. Now, it sounds like there's quite a lot of European support. Yesterday there was, or day before yesterday, there was a stand-up-and-be-counted movement in Bergen, in Oslo, that Julian and... Edward and Chelsea have been nominated for the Peace Prize and have many, many signatures on their nomination, in particular from Germany, the Bundestag, from our dear friend Stuart Rees in Sydney from the Peace Foundation. We will also move 
sometime in March, and uh, it has a place outside the Parliament, uh, the Norwegian Parliament. The Norwegian Parliament have a committee which considers the Nobel Prize, so there will be lots of vigorous uh, support for Julian's and uh, Chelsea's and Edward's uh, nomination in, in Norway. Nils Meltzer is the UN Special Rapporteur on Torture. He recently disclosed that there was never any allegations about rape. The sex was consensual, but what the women requested was that Assange be forced to undergo an HIV test. But the Swedish police altered the tape of the interview and were instructed how to do that by the prosecutor. There was never any accusation of rape. It was manufactured by the Swedish authorities. What's in the report is not new, been known for five or six years. The allegations were a fabrication of the Swedish prosecuting authority, that the witness statement was altered without reference to the witness, and that and the technique for altering a witness statement without leaving trace of the previous witness statement, we have the email conversation between uh, the police captain and the prosecutor on how to go about it. When we last spoke, you were off to your BBC interview, and then you had the ABC interview with federal MPs Andrew Wilkie and George Christensen. How did all that go? Foreign Press Association meeting was tremendous. There was a 22 camera teams, a full house, standing room only, and after the event, uh, we were all swamped with interviews. Then we travelled to Belmarsh, and again there were. 10 camera crews there waiting for us uh, after we visited Julian and they took some good interviews, particularly good interviews from Andrew Wilkie and George Christensen. The court case hearing was this afternoon, a maintenance hearing. And during that hearing, the QC for Julian Edward Fitzgerald mentioned having a lot of trouble getting Julian to go for all of, uh, all of the uh, evidence because of uh, time constraints. And he gave uh, an example. That example was when Senator Rohrabacher visited Julian in the embassy and suggested a deal. This was a year after 2017, a year after Trump was elected. The deal was that Julian, say, Russia had nothing to do with the matter with the DNC leaks. That was mentioned in court today, which has caused a worldwide media storm. Uh, I don't know much more about it than that. The actual fact are that Rural Bucker did visit uh, Julian in the embassy in 2017 and offered a, a deal which was uh, rejected. Tomorrow morning we, at 6am we catch the Eurostar to Paris and have a 2pm press conference with the French lawyers as the campaign uh, moves to France. And then uh, we have a, an interview with reporters with 
without borders, their head office is in France. The day after, or that evening, we fly to Vienna, and uh, on the 21st, by invitation, we meet with the Austrian Foreign Ministry, and then we fly back to England for a tremendous rally and a march from Australia House to Parliament House, um, uh, MIA and Roger will be there, um, and uh, a number so, of others. Roger, I, I don't know Roger. Can you tell us who Roger is? Uh, he's the, the lead singer, Roger Waters, the lead singer from uh, Pink Floyd. Uh, I'll report on that uh, rally to you. Um, it will be quite good. It's a, a good march. There's a couple of other important people speaking. I'll also uh, get recordings of the speeches and uh, get those to you as well. Yeah, the tide has turned and it's in full flood at the moment, but our opponents are fighting back. You have, have to be cognizant of the fact that Laura Bucker's visit was in 2017, well after the election. What the, our opponents are doing is putting the Laura Bucker visit before 2016 or in 2016 before the election which is not true it's just a you know at the moment a turmoil of worldwide news that you know Trump was offering a deal to Julian to get out so that's part of the abyss revelation just as a lead in the full abuse revelations, including recording of conversations with Julian's conversations, video and sound with uh, lawyers will be mentioned at, at the exposure of the abuse uh, next week when the hearing starts. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.